From coast to coast and around the world, this is Kaleidoscope, America's most exciting radio magazine. Stay tuned for more. You do have Facts and Figures, City Watts. That's FFC on the air. We have an exciting show for you. We have a gentleman who will help you with what I hope is all of your loan needs or at least get you started in the right direction. But as always, first things first, we have to pay the bills. And we're going to do that, and we'll be right back to you. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back to you after this. Say that on the Champs-Élysées in Paris... The brioche are so delicate and the pan au chocolat so delicious, you'd almost think you were at Pike Place Market in Seattle, where you'll find Le Panier, one of the finest French bakeries around. But if you want a taste of Le Panier's world-class casse-croute, bring a discerning palate and your visa card. Because at Le Panier, they take baking to an art, but they don't take American Express. Visa, it's everywhere you want to be. Double your pleasure, double your fun. That's the strain of the great mint. Double mint, young. Double your sentiment, your merriment. Double your moment of fun. Double your delight with the right mint. For refreshment, it's the only one. Double your pleasure, double your fun. That's the statement of the great mint. Double mint, Okay, we are back with FFC, that is City Watch on the air, and we're with Antonio Pisano, who is, give me your exact title. Director of Small Business Lending for our Western Region for VEDC. Okay, and tell me about the VEDC. What does that do and how do they fit in with the, we've been talking with several people from the SBA and things like that. How does that fit in with that? Sure, VEDC is your non-traditional alternative or transitional lender. Uh, we help out folks, uh, in particular small businesses, that have challenges obtaining capital through more traditional sources, okay. uh, for example, our bank partners. Uh, and we also provide technical assistance through programs such as the SBA as well. Okay. Now, do you handle microloans micro at all? Correct. We do. Okay. And a microloan for people who are uninitiated, is that from 5000 up or is that lower than that? Yeah, it can go as low as 2000 depending on the lender, and it goes to a maximum of either 35000 or 50000 depending on that lender. Outstanding. Is there any type of criteria for uh, a microloan versus, say, a traditional loan? Uh, are there things that people need to bring with them? Are there qualifications they have to meet? That sort of thing? Sure. Uh, in terms of packaging and process, it doesn't look much different uh, regardless of the lender. The, the, the biggest difference really comes in the appetite of that lender in being more aggressive to helping out folks that may have challenges that more traditional or larger lenders may not be able to 
to get comfortable with. Okay. So a person who's looking for a non-traditional or a micro loan, as it were, comes into you and they want that loan for, say, anywhere from, I guess, 5000 up. Uh, what do they need to have with them? What do they need to have in their loan documents that makes it easier for you to make a decision? Sure. A um, uh, basic package may include, if it's an existing business, last three years of corporate and or business tax returns, along with the personal tax returns of any and all individuals. The general rule is anybody who owns 20% or more of the business should provide their tax returns. Additionally, you want to provide the interim P&L and balance sheet for that year. Uh, as, as recently as maybe the, the previous 60 days. Along with that, um, the, the lender will want you to fill out their personal financial statement, which is typically a two or three page document, as well as give them authority to authorize them to pull credit. Uh, usually at minimum, that's what a lender would require to at least give you the kind of thumbs up to proceed. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, uh, other items um, that may include would be a business plan, so if you're a relatively new business or a startup business, any lender will ask you for a business plan and to be supported with projections for, let's say, two to three years. Okay. Now, the business plan you mentioned has projections for how well the business is going to do uh, the next three or four years or so. Uh, how do you advise people who are perhaps not familiar with putting together business plans or not familiar with uh, the tax returns and things like that, uh, do they come to you and they say, well, I, I can do this, but what do I need to put together and how do I do it and how do, who has what? And <laughs> you know, that sure, sort of sure. I mean, I mean, again, depending on the lender, they may already have, you know, the technical assistance type services included within their shop already. If not, we can always leverage on other partnerships and organizations um, and service providers such as SCORE, which is an, which is an SBA type pro, uh, service provided. Also, there are SBDCs, or Small Business Development Centers, that provide specifically that type of service, as well as the Women's Business Centers that are also programs that are funded uh, by the SBA. What are the things that people bring to you most often that you would consider incomplete? What do they not have? Even if they've gotten everything else, what do they generally not you know, have? One of the more, more common uh, themes that we see, unfortunately, is you know, small business owners having the proper bookkeeping and accounting internally. You know, oftentimes entrepreneurs are really good at doing at what they do best, mm -hmm. you know, but oftentimes they forget about the nuances of running a business such as day-to-day -day management and more importantly for a lender, the accounting and bookkeeping. So a big challenge that we see common is folks providing not only financial statements but accurate and reliable financial statements. Is this something that they can take care of easily or is it something that they have to get an additional amount of education for in order to present it to you properly? Well, for the average entrepreneur and even consumer, it's, it's tough enough uh, balancing our own personal budgets. <laughs> mm -hmm. So to ask them to uh, be an accountant overnight is pretty tough. You don't have to be an accountant, but you know, at minimum, it's okay to provide a lender even an Excel spreadsheet of where you think you're at at any point in time in that current fiscal year. Okay. Now, the types of loans that we're talking about are usually approved within a certain period of time. Is there a standard amount of time for it, 30 days, two weeks, well, three weeks, four we'd, months? We'd <laughs> love to say two or three weeks. Uh, <laughs> and, and typically for the type of loan we're talking, specifically microloans, uh, assuming a lender has a full package and assuming that a borrower is both responsive and engaged during that process, it should take the average lender no more than three to four weeks to underwrite a microloan. When you talk about larger loans that are beyond microloans, the process may take up to 30 to 45 days for approval and another 15 days past that for closing and funding. Mm. Is there a standard amount of money people ask for? Unfortunately, <laughs> half of the time, it's how much can I get? 
<laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, that, I guess that's that's a reasonable question. Although most people, uh, I would think, have have in their mind like, "Gee, I need twenty thousand, or I need fifty thousand, or I need you know ten thousand, like right now, in order to keep myself from going under." Sure. And yeah, yeah. Th th there's no set amount. Uh, you know, we the frequently asked question is, "Well, what's the max or what's the cap that I can get?" Mm -hmm. And really. Uh, the mission-based approach to that type of lending is, well, go back and revisit your business plan and clearly articulate to us, like you would in, in any other investor, right, mm -hmm. um, how much you need to succeed, how much you need for that growth opportunity, or how much do you simply need to, to get your business to that next level. Okay. Now, I'm thinking that folks that are listening to us now are saying things like, well, am I the, the typical borrower or am I the person who's, you know, at his last dregs trying to get this thing to put together? Is there a typical borrower? Is there somebody who walks in and says, uh, I've been in business three months or something and I'm out of money or I've been in business a year and now I need to go to the next level? Sure, there is. Uh, there's both. You know, uh, in, in our type of lending, you know, we're either saying that we're helping somebody with an opportunity or we're solving, or we're helping solving a problem, right? So we see both constantly, and the the, the the best, I guess, advice I can give somebody is if it's a growth opportunity, then before you come see a lender like us or any lender for that matter, is really build a plan around a plan around what that opportunity is, how much capital it's going to take to get you there, and be able to articulate what you need the money for and how you're going to repay it. You answer those four questions to any lender, you're, that's half the battle. For situations where we're, help, we're simply helping solving a problem, then identify the issue, what caused the issue, how have you adjusted to that issue, <laughs> and what amount of capital is it going to take to get you out of that issue. Mm -hmm. The reason I ask that is because a lot of people I talk to say things like, well, I've, I've gone through the first quarter or second quarter or third quarter. Now I need to, in order to get to my... Um, What's the word I want to use? I want to say nut, but that's not very professional. But to get to the point where I am profitable or where I, I can see profit on the horizon, I need to get this done. or I need to get that amount of money to get that done. Uh, a lot of people, I'm assuming, come in with that sort of mentality, that sort of I need to get to the next level. Yeah, yes, okay. yes, uh, yes. But, but, but again, the, the, the oftentimes it's putting a Band-Aid on a bigger wound, ah. right, and you're solving a short-term solution with permanent money. So it's very important to take advantage of that opportunity, kind of almost put the uh, put a stop to that or a pause to that, wow. and again, build a plan for the future around that. Who knows? This opportunity, if all goes well, is going to require you to obtain more capital three months down the line, and if you're not prepared for that, neither that lender or anybody else is going to be able to lend you for that. Okay. The next few things, I think, going in, in line with that, if they are in a situation where they get the money from you, they're ready to go, they have the plan uh, in mind, do you then work with them after the fact and, and kind of keep an eye on what's going on so that they can uh, make adjustments with some professional assistance if they need to? Sure, sure. Uh, um, it's it's a, a wide range that, we, that we're able to do. On the smaller loan scale, mm -hmm. uh, the micro loan scale, we do require all our borrowers to go to at least an eight-hour technical assistance session usually an access to capital type of workshop to assure that uh, there's some guidance being given. And then on a case-by-case -case basis, we may do a couple other things where we may require the borrower to attend a number or a series of classes, you know, rela mostly related to either management oh. or accounting and bookkeeping. Should, yes. And then on occasion, the bigger the loan, you know, we may even ask borrowers to, you know, retain the services of a third party that can improve their financial or bookkeeping 
capabilities. Mm -hmm. In the last few minutes, and everything gets away from me so fast whenever I get a, into a conversation that I'd really like to spend more time with, what are the things that people usually walk in with that they need, uh, walk, walk in with that they, that they don't have that they need? Uh, and find you saying things like, you don't have this, we need this. Uh, we talked a little bit about not having the right bookkeeping uh, acumen, that sort of thing. Is there anything else that they walk in with that they have uh, not enough of, or maybe almost enough of, but not quite? Well, oftentimes, uh, most of the time, uh, borrowers walk in and, and they want to paint the prettiest picture possible to a lender. Mm -hmm. And while that may be seem like a good strategy, you know, the best indicator for the average lender out there, especially like ours, is from the beginning, tell us what, what the challenges have been, you know, or what your personal challenges are. Did you have a credit issue that we have to overcome? Was there a, an issue directly impacted by the economy recently that impacted your business? And what was it? You know, so telling the lender up front from the beginning what the biggest hurdle is going to be in this, you know, is usually a, a good indicator to us as lenders on what we need to overcome and how to best structure this in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Now, for those who are, might be a little bit reticent about saying, well, my biggest problem is, is I can't do this or I can't get that, and they're afraid that if they say that to you, that you're going to say, well, I can't give you enough money to take care of that kind of a thing, where in, in actuality, there can be a way to structure that. So they're gonna, how do you uh, let people know that their fears may not be the biggest problem? Sure. Specifically to us, uh, you know, again, being a not-for-profit, community-based lender, is that's one of the first questions we ask. You know, typically we think, well, if they're coming to us, is because somebody may have already said no. Does that make it easier or harder for you to say no? Well, of course it makes it harder. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but again, the, the, the approach we have is that since we don't operate in the same type of either credit or regulatory environment that, that the average traditional lender does, mm -hmm. it gives us the ability to be, let's say, a bit more flexible and a bit more creative in structuring individual loans for folks uh, and, again, putting more and more dollars out there. Okay. In the last couple of seconds here, uh, what I want to ask basically is this. A lot of people view uh, lenders like yourselves who are involved in microloans and helping people out who, I should say, traditional lending institutions may not be able to, to work with. They think that maybe coming to you might give them a little bit more um, of a way in than they might n normally have. And what you've just doing is been doing is spending the last few minutes telling me that it may actually be a, bit, a little bit harder <laughs> working with you than maybe with a traditional lender. Yeah, and, and the harder part, uh, if it's perceived that way, simply in terms of process, mm -hmm. you know, uh, we need folks to be prepared. We need them to have a plan in place, you know, but in terms of being able to impact and fund those folks, you know, we are certainly more accessible to those folks. Well, Antonio, I thank you so very much uh, for being with us here on City Watch FFC. I hope those of you who have been listening have managed to uh, increase your education just a little bit. And Antonio Pisano, we thank you so much. He is the Director of Lending for the West Coast. Folks, that's uh, California, Nevada, and Utah. So those of you who are listening in those states, uh, he's the guy to look up. Antonio.